Well, it's great to get a little taste uh, of what's happening uh, in the city and a, a little flavor and a little encouragement for what we're seeking to be doing and um, uh, be working towards with uh, what's going on in, in Thermoson. If you want to know more, uh, Steve and Sarah are here. Uh, this evening, and there's an opportunity to pray tomorrow night. Am I make? Yes, I'm getting a nod. Is it on Zoom this week? It is at 7:30. And if you want to know the Zoom links and all that, please do uh, speak to them uh, at the uh, at the end of the service. Um, they'd love to uh, join with uh, with you in that. Uh, and we we heard, didn't we, just there that that kind of passion to be rooted in God's word, stuck into God's word, planting. And the Ayers Monsal Estate, we want to be doing that uh, in Thermiston. If you go to our church website uh, and click on the button that says who we are on it, it says, uh, at the heart of all we do is the Bible and the message it has of forgiveness and hope. Uh, when we gather together on a, on a Sunday, we spend time hearing and considering and responding uh, to what's, what's in this book and we often say, you know, keep it open. Have a look for yourself. Uh, sometimes when we have uh, the reading uh, at the end, this is the word of the Lord. And we all reply, thanks be to God. Or if we're not entirely sure, sort of mumble. Um, we, we, we don't normally have it. This may or may not be the word of the Lord. In, in our smaller groups during the week, small groups uh, in our work with young people and children, uh, maybe when you just meet up in pairs and threes, often, uh, the feature of those times is, is opening the Bible and, and seeing what we find there uh, and how it impacts our, our lives. And in our own Christian lives, whether, whether we're living it out or not, I guess we kind of know that we're, we're meant to give time and attention uh, to what we read in this book. And, you know, we're quite, probably quite good at sharing verses, particular sentences uh, from the Bible that we love with one another. Maybe somebody's going through a really hard time. Uh, we send them an encouraging verse, or we're celebrating with someone, or we just put something on uh, social media with a nice pretty picture on the back. As Rob said, we're going to spend some time in the next few weeks thinking about what, what, why the Bible really matters to us. Uh, and the Bible being at the heart of who we are and what we're about, um, maybe it's something you, you've kind of gone along with, but never really kind of got to grips for yourself with with yourself and um, maybe you're somebody who you know you know the bible matters you know some of those things that you that we've been sharing about liking and loving the bible but there's so much going on life is is pretty busy and actually the bible doesn't get much of a window into life or maybe you you love what the bible has to say on lots and lots of things especially when it comes to jesus but actually finding it really hard when some of the things that we read in the Bible seem massively far away from where we are or massively out of step from the culture we're seeking to, to live in. And I guess uh, I'm hoping this series, looking at the Bible, will kind of speak into lots of those things. But the launch pad for that is that, that kind of final bit. Uh, before Easter and uh, this evening service, we're going we're gonna to be spending some time, we're doing a series looking at perhaps one of the areas we feel most out of step with, potentially with, that, with our culture. Um, the question of identity when it comes to relationships and marriage and gender and sexuality. Uh, and if you like, this is laying some foundations for us. When I was doing my A-levels um, and would write bad essays or bad answers to, to questions, um, there were some uh, initials that would get written next to it. A-T-Q, answer the question. The other one was um, S-Y-W, show your working. I guess this series is us showing our working of why when we get to that series, we're going to give particular attention to what the Bible has to say. 
Okay. So we're going to uh, explore those things that uh, Rob shared earlier, the fact that we need the Bible. Um, because without it, we're, we're living in the darkness with our eyes shut without realizing it. That we can understand the Bible. You don't have to be really smart. You don't have to be really educated. You do sometimes have to work hard. That the Bible equips us for life. And what's in the Bible gives us principles we need to live by that speak into every part of our lives. And tonight we're thinking about, um, thinking about why, why we're about this book and we pay so much attention to it because it is God's word. It's God's voice. It's the most important voice in our lives. Before uh, we uh, hear it read and we'll sing before that, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. I'm just picking up some of the, the themes that Psalm 19 bring about uh, that come from, from time in God's word. Heavenly Father, as we begin this series, I pray that we would know uh, your word to be that which refreshes our souls. Would we know it to be trustworthy, making wise the simple? Would we know the joy that it brings to our hearts, uh, the light that it brings to our eyes? Would we know that it, it lasts forever, that it's righteous, and it is, is more precious than gold? I pray that might be our experience uh, over these coming weeks, and even tonight, by your Spirit, would you be doing that for us? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, please do have a seat. We're going to hear a Bible read to us now uh, from uh, Matthew chapter 4. And Andy's going to come and read it for us. Thank you. We're going to fast forward us to December. Uh, by then we'll have planted a church in Thermiston. The hub will be being built, if not already built and even, maybe even open uh, we'll have seen new families joining us and you know, reflecting our priorities for uh, uh, this coming year. But I want to take us very specifically to Sunday, the 18th of December at 3 p.m. Anyone know what's happening? Somebody knows. It's the Football World Cup final, which is a bit of a nightmare because that's kind of when I was planning to do some carol services. So we'll have a rethink, but that's fine. I don't know who you think the winner's going to be, whether it's going to be Brazil. Are you rooting for England, Spain, Germany, France? Just imagine the moment, though. The, the World Cup has been won, and it's the moment the trophy is presented. Or it's the moment the 100-meter uh, sprint gold medal is going to be given over. It's the moment the new prime minister is standing in front of Downing Street. It's the moment the new American president is being sworn in. And then just imagine, instead of a celebration, instead of some great speech, instead of just getting stuck into the job that needs to be done, I just wander off to the middle of nowhere, do not a lot for more than a month. I what you'd be feeling. Maybe, maybe in, the, in the initial moment you'd be really disappointed. Oh, well, it's going to be a bit more of an event than that. Or, or after time you kind of just think, this is just a bit odd. Maybe that's what we're tempted to feel when we get to uh, Matthew chapter 4. As Jesus is led by the Spirit, we're told, into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. You see, Jesus has just had a recognition moment that's far greater than winning the World Cup, far greater than winning uh, a gold medal at the Olympics, uh, bigger than winning any election, bigger than passing any exam, bigger than any job offer. Jesus has just been baptized by John the Baptist. He's, he's joined himself to the people who were seeking after God. 
And then something very special happened that had happened at no other baptism that John had ever done. Uh, this great voice, God's voice, from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Surely this is a moment of celebration. You, maybe this is a time for Jesus to stand up and give a great speech. Uh, maybe this is a time where we want to see Jesus go into action. If this, is, this is God's son. This is pretty massive. And yet he seems to wander off into the middle of nowhere. Not doing a huge amount that we can see. Eating very little for 40 days and nights. What are we thinking? Has Jesus suddenly got cold feet? Does he need time to think things through? Maybe this declaration that he's, he's, he's God the Father's much-loved Son in whom he delights, and, and he's suddenly realizing, gosh, those are really big shoes to be wearing. Well, Jesus heading out into the middle of nowhere is, in fact, Jesus putting those shoes on and showing us that they fit. It helps us to realize that Jesus is somebody to pay attention to. Here is God's king. Here is the one who's going to bring in God's kingdom. And in these verses, I don't know if you've had the experience where you're driving along somewhere and you, you think you've never been there before, but then you, you go down a particular road and you're like, I, I've, I've been here before. I've been here before. And there should be a sense of this if we, if we know a Bible a little bit, that we've been here before. Wilderness, temptation, testing. The number 40. Hunger. It's a story from the Old Testament. God's people, as they're led out of slavery in Egypt, as they're led by Moses uh, out of Egypt into the wilderness before they enter the promised land. It's the story of the Exodus. It's a story from the Old Testament of God's people, Israel. It, it, it was experienced hundreds of years before Jesus. And their experience, if you like, revealed what was in their hearts. Just like when you have a cup of tea or a glass of water uh, on, on a table and you knock it. And when it's knocked, what's inside spills out. The same was true for them. When they took a knock, when they were in the wilderness, when they were hungry, when they were feeling like they didn't belong, what was in their hearts came out. And God's Old Testament people of Israel were revealed to be grumblers. Struggling to trust God. Ready to rely on anything else other than God that they could get their hands on. And yet at the same time, God reveals his incredible commitment to a frustrating, faltering, fickle, failing people. Who, even though they are thousands of years before us, are surprisingly like us. And we're shown the goodness of God's ways. Jesus is entering into that story. He's, he's reliving that story. He's going into the wilderness where he's knocked to show what's in his heart. And as he's knocked, what we see, we, we see he's one who truly obeys God. He's one who truly trusts God. He's one who truly worships God. Of God. Here is the one who, who would go on to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Come, this is in, in Matthew 4. We, we could draw out all sorts of things uh, to see about Jesus that are the wonderful. I just want to take one this evening. 
And that is for us just to notice how central, how important the Scriptures, the Bible that Jesus had, was to him. When Jesus has knocked the hardest, we see that he obeys, he trusts, he worships. And it flows out because he has been shaped by what is written. Three times we read it, don't we? It is written. Jesus says it. It is written. It is written. What about your life? When you take some big knocks, I wonder what what spills out of you. If you pay attention to it, it might well show you the, the voices or the voice that is biggest in your life, the one you're paying most attention to, the one that's loudest. And just maybe how shaped by God's, we, God's word we are or, or are not. For Jesus, it seems there was no voice more important in his life than the voice that speaks through what has been written. See, what Jesus is talking about is, is more than just words that are about God. More than just words that are from God. The words that are written for Jesus are God's voice. God speaking. And if we turn over the page um, to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, we hear a little bit more about what Jesus thinks about uh, what's been written. He says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter... Not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. A big thing for us this evening. So this is the point if you've had a little doze to wake up again. The big thing for us is that God's word was the most important voice in Jesus' life. And if we're counting ourselves as a follower of Jesus, one whom Jesus has come and brought into God's family, the Bible as God's word is to be the most important voice in our lives. And I guess there could be all sorts of questions that that crop up for us and, and hopefully we'll touch on some of them as the weeks go on. But there's just two perhaps for now. The second one, we'll come to is, is the kind of more practical one. How, how do we live with God's word as the most important voice in our lives? But the first one is possibly one that's been lingering in a few of our minds already this evening. Why is what we've got in the Bible in our hands now, why is that? Why is, why is this God's word? And what, why, is, why are these books, these words, what we say is the voice that is most important to us? I guess when, when Jesus was talking about what had been written, he wasn't talking about our Bibles. He was talking about the Jewish scriptures. What Jesus had is what we now have as the Old Testament. And if we were to ask the, uh, the Jewish community now what, what their scriptures are, and they're probably the best people to ask, it would be the same as our Old Testament I think we need to recognize there was no one moment, if you like, where all the different writings, the different books of the Old Testament were brought together and it was decided, this is it, packaged nicely together, a nice leather cover, space to write some notes in. 
Instead, it was been the work of God's Holy Spirit through God's people over time. And we don't know all the details. But I guess we, we can spot as we read the Old Testament, there are particular things that God says to write down. Ten Commandments. Or when he speaks to Jeremiah and says, write this down. Then there's significant people who, who spoke. Whether it's, like, whether it's Moses. Whether it's one of the prophets like Isaiah. Uh, or Jeremiah. And what they say or, or links to them are what have brought those words into our Old Testament. Then there are the major moments that are marked in the, in the storyline of Scripture. Going into exile. Coming out of exile. And through time, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as God's people went along, they, they recognized God's voice in these words. Jesus didn't have sight of what we have as the New Testament. So it's all, all well and good. Maybe, maybe we have confidence in the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? How do we know what we've got is right? How do we know we can say it's God's voice? And then how can we then say it's the most important voice in our lives? Well, I want to suggest Jesus doesn't leave us guessing. We've already read in Matthew 5. Jesus talks about everything being accomplished. So we should expect there to be more than the Old Testament. And I guess we should expect that there will be a focus on Jesus. And words that build faith in him. If God's great plan is to bring all things under him. Jesus says to his disciples... Uh, that the Holy Spirit would come and remind them of the things that he said. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded. I guess it makes sense. We should expect, therefore, for the, 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 the actions and the words of Jesus to be recorded, to be passed on and passed down. And we should expect those things to be written by those who were closest to him. And for those who have been written down close to the time of Jesus. Now I'm skimming the surface. Huge amounts have been written on this. And feel free to go and find uh, some good books on it. But no matter how popular the idea might be that one person, Constantine, or a group of people, like the Council of Nicaea, decided, if you like, chose and decided, well, these are the books that we're going to count as God's word. It's, it's too simple. It's too simple. Uh, and it just doesn't seem to reflect history. Instead, God's voice in these books is heard because it's from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leading God's people to recognize his voice. I think it's striking that when Jesus said, it is written, or when he spoke and said, in the scriptures, or he spoke of God's word, nobody went. Where did he get that from again? Or disagreed with him? It's striking with the New Testament how the collection of books was recognized by the, the growing Christian community in lots of different places at around the same time. God's people recognizing God's voice. The Bible is God's words. The Bible has that most important voice in our lives. Is, 
it's not because what was counted as God's voice was decided, but because it was recognized. And it gives us confidence that when we read, when we listen, when we meditate on at the words of Scripture, on the words of the Bible, it's God's voice. And we're encountering Him, and we're encountering Him speaking to us. So we come to the, the practical question, the second question, uh, the one to sort of land on this evening. How, how do we live with God's Word as the most important voice in our lives? Well, if we go back to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus seems to link, make a link here with God's words, with food, with bread. And it's speaking to that experience of God's people in the wilderness and the miraculous provision of bread from heaven, of manna. And just going with that link between sort of bread and food and God's words, I just want to dig out a couple of things for us. Um, first of all, to notice that God's, God's word is really important for us. Because surely we know, don't we, how important food is to our bodies. Yet God, through his Holy Spirit here, is telling us there is something even more important to us than food. What is it? It's God's voice. God's word to us. It's the most important thing in our lives, the most important voice in our lives. And I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is, is does it take first place in our lives, or do we try and squeeze it in when there's time? We often talk about reading the Bible. You know what, I think that underplays things. I wonder if we would see things differently if we spoke of hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice, it raises the game. And just like we need to eat each day, we need God's voice each day. Think of daily bread. And it might be that sometimes we go without food to help us to know that we need to live by what God gives us. I'm not saying we need to open our Bibles three times a day. If you want to, brilliant. Personally, I find a time each morning because it sets my priorities. It helps me make sense of all the other voices I'm going to hear in the day. That might not be you. You might be an evening person. And do you know what? You might be more like Jesus because isn't the Jewish day work from evening to evening? So if you're starting the day and you're doing it in the evening, maybe you're doing it more like Jesus. God's word is really important for us. The other thing to just draw out is God's word is to be heard together. If you only ever eat food on your own, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's quite a hard experience. I think the same is true when it comes to the Bible and us and God's voice. One of the reasons we shouldn't neglect meeting together is because there is something really special, really important, really significant when we hear and receive and apply God's word together in community. Just as God's word in the Old Testament and the New Testament was recognized and heard by God's people as a community, that continues. In, in many ways, dare I say, because we, we often put such an emphasis on our kind of personal reading of the Bible, I wonder if God's word is perhaps best heard when we're together. Whether we miss out when we just think it's about us and our Bibles. And so it's right, I think, that our services on a Sunday and our times in small groups and we meet up, that we, we do put the Bible 
central to what we're doing. And the other thing to dig out is that God's word is good for us. I want to take you backwards now in time. Wednesday, the 24th of November, what did you have for lunch? Anyone? Can't remember, can you? Of course you can't. Of course you can't. Unless you're somebody who has exactly the same thing every single day. Maybe you do. If that's you, apologies. I shouldn't. I mean, yeah, you can have more than a cheese sandwich. Do you know what? There's plenty of meals we have that just don't stick in our memories. But they matter at the time, don't they? They're good for us. They keep us going. They keep us strong. And I want to suggest something tonight, that I think there's something similar when we hear God's voice. We say hearing God's voice. We, we've upped the game of what we're expecting. And maybe we're, we're thinking that that time we have in the morning or the evening or when we meet together and hear a sermon or, or do a, a kind of time in God's word together, it should be spectacular and memorable. And you know what? It sometimes is. You might not remember what you had on Wednesday, the 24th of November for lunch, but you probably remember a particularly special meal on a holiday. Or, I don't know, your birthday meal last year or a couple of years ago when you could go out and have birthday meals. There might be a sermon or a service or a small group or a passage shared with you by a friend or something you read one day that just sticks with you and is particularly memorable, particularly special. But my experience is most of the time, God's word comes like bread. It's more bread than it is posh, Michelin-starred restaurant meal. Yet that bread, that time in God's word does me good, keeps me going, keeps me strong, so that when the knocks come, I am able to say, it is written. It is written. God's word was the most important voice in Jesus' life. As his followers, forgiven, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible as God's word is the most important voice in our lives. And I'm just going to use Matthew 4 verse 4 as our prayer. Jesus answered, it is written. And I want you to put your name there. Tom shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen.